One thing I want to drive home on my podcast is that it's all about becoming aware, becoming aware when it comes to your business and to your brand. You know, inspiration and ideas, they can come from anywhere. They come when you're at your highs, they come when you're at your lows, and inspiration comes from hearing other stories. Today's guest, Pat Roquet, is a leadership coach and speaker sharing her roller coaster story of reinvention. She's sharing how she was inspired by a gift that became the catalyst in her next act in her business. And we talk about strength and how to figure out what your strengths are and how focus is really freedom. And then the ripple effect, that's a long game strategy. A box of rocks changed her world and it can change yours too. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The Long Game is my approach to business, the actual day-in and day-out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies. And I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. Hello and welcome. And today we have a very special guest, Pat Roquet who is going to talk about rocking your strengths. Pat has a very interesting history, and I'm going to ask her to share her story about how rock, the stone rock, became a pillar in her business and a a guiding light in her business. So she's going to share her story with us. And we're going to really talk about how to go deep and how to discover what your strengths are and then how to lead with them. So welcome, Pat. Thanks for being here today. This is so much fun. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, you know, when we were talking, I loved to hear the the rock story. So Pat has a long history in corporate and has gone off to do her own business of training and personal development and corporate development as well. She works with a, a number of different types of people in terms of coaching and development. So I love though how the the birthday gift became a big direction. So would you share that story with us? Oh, I would love to. It's my favorite story <laughs> ever told. So again, my name is Pat Roquet. Roquet actually means rock in Spanish. So there are no coincidences. And I guess my bottom line message is to just pay attention to what's around you because when it's time for that second act and that calling of what am I really supposed to be doing? I think that's probably happened to many of your audience. We need to pay attention. So for me, paying attention started when I was young. Uh, Hotshot college kid used to go get credit instead of going to class. Dean, can I do this instead of sitting in a boring introduction class? So always special permission through life. Had a car accident and put my head (laughs) through a windshield when I was 23. Thanksgiving, heading to the Garden State Plaza. Scary stuff. And couldn't work at a desk and sit for a long time. So I became a virtual or remote employee in 1988. So way ahead of the curve. So the first 20 years of my entrepreneurial journey. So I started at 24. I was in diapers, didn't know what I didn't know, but I knew to surround myself with amazing people. And I knew to pay attention and not just think about what I wanted, but to listen to what they needed and what they saw in me and strengths, right? Going back 
from the very early days. And when I find my notes of way back when I'm moving my house and I'm just cleaning out my office and I found my first journals from my first plane ride as an entrepreneur. And I swear I speak exactly the same way I do now. It's really scary. (laughs) So 20 years as an entrepreneur as a virtual VP of marketing, more or less. So I would go in and, and help backfill a team, kind of what you do with tech now with folks with small business, right? So I did it for corporations and Mm -hmm. for smart, successful entrepreneurs. And then at 40, I got my master's degree in organizational leadership and did my thesis on best practices for virtual teams and published in spring 01 before 9-11, months before 9-11. So again, God taps and had a very weird, interesting, super successful, super strenuous, like taste vomit at the back of your throat at times corporate stint for 10 years. And I guess one of the things I learned is that sometimes the better you do, the faster they try to get rid of you because it's got nothing to do with you. And so people shouldn't feel funny or awkward when those career pivot moments hit because sometimes we choose them and sometimes they choose us. But I lost my last job at age 50, got the phone call. I was on my early Friday in the ShopRite parking lot getting ready for the weekend and it all went away. So I went from hero to zero making lots of money and two kids in college and primary breadwinner to nothing in the one phone call, which is happening again to many, many folks, right? All, All over. over the planet. Mm-hmm. And small businesses. Oh, everybody. Yeah, even. it's hard. It's not easy. And so you can relate to this, right? You, you know, when you go from hero to zero in a phone call, right? So you have that life mm-hmm. on occasion. I'm thinking, I know people are saying, God, I wish I was you. Look at her. You know, that kind of what seems like the glam life. And at moments it was, mm-hmm. but it also, I hit rock bottom. And so I started taking antidepressants to feel better. I was hormonal. I cried everywhere in public, like a snot crying mess. And on my 50th birthday, in the middle of it, my best friend sat and watched me. She didn't know what to do to help me because I was unhelpable and kind of unwilling to receive help yet, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll just keep you crying and I'll you figure it out hit, myself. You got to hit Ugh. your point. Right. You got to hit your point. And I was taking the medication and it gave me suicidal thoughts. And I said out loud, I should just throw myself off a bridge and no one would care. Now, that's rock freaking bottom, isn't it? And I knew, I knew it wasn't right. And I knew it wasn't me. And I had no idea what to do with it. And so while my BFF watched me circle the toilet, like literally circling the drain on my 50th birthday. And I'm showing you this. I know we're on a podcast and it's not going to be visual, but I, I just love holding my rock. So on my 50th birthday, she had dug in the snow. My birthday's in March. She got 50 rocks, painted them gold. Each rock said something special about me. And the box said 50 rocks. And so do you. And what awesome. did I do? Of course, I cried some more. <laughs> tried, tried some more. But happy tears. I know. Tears that you were supported and yeah. loved. And there was hope now, right? Well, and it was that moment, the defining moment of saying, you know what? No matter how bad things seem, they're not so bad. I'm not so bad. Life doesn't suck. I mean, it really, I was at the bottom of a deep, dark well looking up and I saw the first glimmer of light. So, Message one is reach out to your friends and pay attention to other people because they might not be ready to ask you for help, but you need to insert yourself in those moments. One of my rocks says supportive. Mm -hmm. So I started blogging on LinkedIn about that and thanking her for being supportive before I was ready to ask. And then I started realizing that I was always the one helping people. And I started one of the rocks at generous. And so I wrote a blog about being a generous giver and an excellent receiver because I was much more comfortable as you are. We all surround ourselves with some pretty awesome go-givers, don't you think? Right, totally. So 
being humble and saying, I need help and being okay with asking for help. And so, you know, mm-hmm. one rock says bitchy, one says weird. I mean, they really are all the facets of me. And I started realizing that, <laughs> <laughs> hey, your be- if your BFF can't call Your best it out, friend knows. If there's one person exactly. who knows, that's who it is. So long story short, I wasn't well enough and ready to see my own strengths. And when she, sh- those rocks symbolize the reasons that people love me or like to be around me or my contributions. It made me stop and think, okay, things aren't so bad. I've got these superpowers apparently because for somebody to take that much time when they could have bought me a sweater from Bloomingdale's, it would have been a lot faster, probably cheaper at the end of the day. And she did all that. It meant I needed to pay attention to the message. And so I started blogging to feel better and people started calling. I started looking for uh, what can I use for data to reinforce my story? Because I know this isn't right and I know it makes sense, but I need data to back it up because I know I work with a lot of successful, highly educated professionals who show me the data, show me how it works. So I got involved. Right, right. I just threw out a pun on LinkedIn and said, what's your favorite tool you've ever used to figure out where you're at from the inside out? How's that for vague? No steering at all. And this woman (laughs) showed up in my world within two hours. And the next morning I was speaking at the Metal Lunch Chamber and she came and she sat in the back of the room after the workshop and we sat for an hour and magic happened. And she talked to me about my strength and she did a, an assessment for me. And when I got the results, I called her up and I said, okay, the hair on my arms is standing on end. This is creepy, curly, gross. I can't believe it. I feel like somebody was spying on me. What the heck? And She helped me realize that we all have gifts and we have innate talent. And it's those things that you do like breathing. Those moments, Sandra, do people thank you for things? Your tech goddess, your ability, you are so Mm -hmm. easy to talk to. And you are so easy to pull information out of people without us even realizing that you're doing it. And I'm sure there's a long list way beyond that. But do you think about the things that people thank you for and you have that moment and then you say, oh, that was no problem. No big deal. You're welcome. Oh, and the things that I think are fun, like that to me is when someone, when we're just having a conversation, like that problem solving is, it comes naturally, you know? So, you know, things that come naturally to you give other people that aha moment, you know? It's that time when I'm just sharing with them like, oh, this is the way to do it. This is how you go about it. They have that aha moment. You know, those are those strengths that you don't realize. Uh, those are the things that you need to follow up on and go forward with. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you're feeling less than, hopefully not suicidal, and it was it was a fleeting moment, I'm just going to say, I knew that wasn't me. I knew that that was a blip, not my normal, but I knew it was the big, loud, screaming call about being at rock bottom. And so when you are trying to get to the other side of that pivot moment, right? If you believe God taps, there's a genie in the bottle that pops out and you can't shove her back inside. That voice in your head, that feeling in the pit of your stomach, we all have the way we feel that moment of time for change. But for everyone in their second act or thinking about their second act in your audience, that moment of, okay, I've got to do something different. And then you go, okay, so now what? (laughs) It's a little scary because we don't really know. I wasn't planning a pivot when mine hit. It happened. It happened more than once. Sometimes we choose change and sometimes change chooses us. But one of the things I will advise is that getting input from other people is fabulous because I will tell you, I never, I always was a good speaker in front of a room of people. 
or as a guest on podcasts and things like that. I had my own radio show back a million years ago, even. So those things I own, I was comfortable with my ability. But when I asked people, why do you like working with me? What did I bring to the table? Because I'm trying to figure out myself and what I'm supposed to do next. And I can't see anything. All I do is cry. And my one client said to me, you're the best career coach I ever met. And I almost fell out of my chair. And I thought she was drinking earlier than happy hour because it didn't make any sense to me at all. And I asked her to explain and she said, seriously. And she took me back. We've been friends now 15 years. I was her agency partner. I worked for a big global agency and she was a brand client and we were doing the launch of a cancer drug together. And I helped her move. She was in a company, loved her organization. And at her moment was she wanted to stay where she was, but she was trapped in her role. And I helped her find a job, find a sponsor, find another department and totally change gears and change careers, but within the company so she could keep her benefits. And she was like, you did this, 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 this. And I didn't get paid for it. I wasn't called a career coach. I was her agency partner, but I just instinctively knew how to build a business case for what you deserve, how to put your talent forward, how to get people to say yes and want whatever it is you bring to the table. And I asked someone else and they said, you're the best career coach ever. And I thought, this is really weird. Why are they saying that? I just got fired. I've had the worst non-linear career path. You know, it's not like that corporate ladder success. I've been there 10 years. My husband's at 10 years, all the accolades. Next job, 10 years, all the accolades. He's so clean and easy with his elevation strategy, and I am not. And so, folks, if you're thinking of a, a switch or a pivot, you need to let the market speak. You need to let other people tell you what they glean Mm -hmm. from you. They call it voice of customer. If you think about marketing speak, when you're doing this as a formal part of your market research for your business, they call it voice of customer. Like what are those people about and what do they want and what do they need? But at the same time, you have to be open and pay attention because I didn't see any of it because it just came naturally. Well, I love that you took your personal experience and your personal story and you let that be a guide and an inspiration for your next endeavor. So it started with the box. It started with Mm -hmm. the gift and you had an awareness And that's a perfect example of how this was a catalyst for your next great idea because your next, and and it became your next project, your Mm -hmm. next revenue stream, because with that greater awareness, you know, or without that greater awareness, it's just a thoughtful gift. But with it, you took that to a whole nother level, you know, to have the impetus to have that be an inspiration for starting to blog Mm -hmm. and starting to put that out there in another way, like, those were the stepping stones yeah. for you to be in again. In the rocks, back to yes. Us, right? <laughs> right. To be in your, I mean, I have to say to everyone, you'll you'll have the link in the show notes, but you know, Pat's business is called Rock on Success. Like she has taken rock all the way over. And to really drive this home, I'll also link to your blog, which she has photos of the rocks, of the actual rocks with the words on them as her blog category icons. <laughs> so, you know, it's the idea of taking the inspiration and letting it guide you and then having that be a part of everything that you do. So, you know, that's where the awareness, and we talk a lot about awareness here. So noticing things in your life and how that can be an inspiration to you and to your brand. But you know, what's really interesting and you, you articulate that so well. So thank you for that. But the secret moment, okay, so the gift shows up and I'm at least open to saying thank you and paying (laughs) attention to what it means a little bit and then letting people connect the dots with me and for me, because here's the thing that is the hardest 
Now, you would think because I do marketing and branding and promotion, like my whole career has been about connecting the dots between people's genius and who's waiting on the other side. I just do it in a different way now in this decade, in this chapter of my career. But we all need perspective. Perspective. It's the moment, if you've ever had a prom moment, a wedding moment, think about one of those moments with the dress. Okay? Somebody is on the pedestal with the multiple mirrors, right? In surround sound, and your mom, your bestie, there's always somebody whose ideas you value and opinion you value who is sitting 20 feet behind you telling you if your butt looks big in the dress. True? <laughs> The important moments, you can't see the perspective is something you need others to help you with. And that is where connecting my own dots and looking at the rocks and talking to people, I said, I could bring that perspective to other people so they don't have to sit. I cried for two years. And you know the other thing I did? And maybe some of your audience did too. I applied for the same kinds of jobs that I had had that I was successful at and they made me miserable. Right. And you hated, <laughs> right. That's And it's funny because that was one of my other points. That my, one of my next points to bring up is that Sometimes we get stuck in what we're doing. Like I find in the, sometimes the clients I work with are entrepreneurs. They get stuck in what they think they should be doing for their industry. Supposed to be. And supposed to be. And, you know, for me, I always try and say, it's your personal business. It's you bring to it, you take that knowledge, but then bring to it your special sauce and what you do. So you don't have to do what you think you should be doing or what everyone else is doing. And, you call that honoring your sixth sense mm -hmm. about who you are and what you deserve. So let's break that down a little bit because I think so many people focus on what is not working. And so there's a mind right. shift that happened right. there. So I call it rocking your strength. Get it? Rock strength. Mm -hmm. So I built an entire system around <laughs> it. And to just give you some good little nuggets that anyone could take and steal and borrow and think about and apply to their own situation. These concepts work whether you are looking at a career pivot and think maybe you want to be in a job or you've already made that choice and you are an entrepreneur or you're thinking about, okay, I've had my business. With the pandemic, there's been so much change thrust upon us. And I was built for this. Like I said, I did my thesis on navigating remote teams before there was a need ever. So right, right, right. There I'm wasn't even like, Zoom. There was literally telecom. Yeah, literally. So <laughs> like, I've always been 10 <laughs> steps ahead of the road. So take these ideas and make them your own. So rocking your strength is three parts. The first part is clarity. Think about the things you do like breathing, the things people thank you for, the things that you have gotten awards and recognition, and those moments of either grace when you know like you've been in your zone and you wish you could put this moment in a bottle and do this all day long, right? Or ease when someone, again, thanked you for something and you're like, oh, that's no big deal. And it was, it changed their life or helped them dramatically. And what took you 10 minutes would have taken them 10 years and it would have still never been good enough. So one is strength. The other piece of clarity is about career soul searching. Now it could be for you as an individual. It could be for you as your organization and your brand, but think about what you want your legacy to be. Think about the things mm -hmm. that make you want to jump out of bed in the morning. Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love, love, love as irreverent, I should say, as he can be okay. and snarky, but you know, the old Jersey guy with the attitude and the sassy pants, I like the way he thinks. And there is, I just did a blog at 3 a.m. because I don't know why. This morning I was inspired <laughs> and he talked about quadrants. The top right quadrant is I love what I do and I'm good at it. That is the holy grail. 
the top left quadrant is, I love what I do, but I'm not so good at it. And that is still honorable because if you love what you do, the days still fly, right? Right. And you can continue to learn. There's exactly. always room for your skills, and Surround yourself with people who can right. backfill and help you, all of it. The yep. bottom right quadrant is not good at what I do, don't love it. That is the hellhole misery that a lot of people let themselves be in. Again, whether they're a business owner, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they are a sole contributor, an independent contributor to other organizations, the many hats we wear. If you are not great at what you do, if you're struggling with a piece of what you do, you better go hire somebody else to do it for you or with you. Stop getting stuck, spending your time out of your zone of genius, right? So that is the hellhole many Mm -hmm. people, or they feel like I don't deserve to be happy. My job's my job. And then I can enjoy the rest of my life. But how much time are you not working? Well, people, you know, I also think you need to weigh out the, there is the monetary expense, but there is the expense of time as well. And bringing in an expert to help move you along saves you two years, saves you, you know, in your own personal struggle of moving your business forward. So I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, small businesses, we're trying to weigh out like, should I spend this money on this expert who is going to X, Y, and Z? But if you don't do that, I'm an advocate for doing that. I do that myself. You have to. (laughs) Right? I'm at expert level at certain things, but I still have an SEO expert that I hire and bring into my projects who's on my team. So we can talk the same language, but she can elevate it. And I don't have to, you know, all of these things are so intricate that you need to stay on top of it. You know, I learned when I was a Facebook ads expert daily, you have to be in there daily. And if you're not doing it daily, it moves so fast that you can't keep up. And that's why you, you know, it's better to spend the money and move yourself forward. So you have to weigh that out, you know, and and do you want to stay slower and stuck or are you doing a DIY? It's for me, I encourage the find those resources, make that happen so that you can move your whole organization. Yes, exactly. And the bottom left quadrant is I don't like it and I suck at it, but (laughs) I want to be good at it. Okay. That is that perpetual beating yourself with a stick right over the head, poking an eye out with a fork kind of Really? At some point you need that. Remember that old country song about no one to fold them, right? <laughs> no one to walk oh, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that too. Some people are not built to be employees. I don't know that I am truly. I, I'm like the great kind of college professor, university head of career development. Like that would be a really cool, great place. I could thrive and be independent and still do my thing. And, and be able to serve both, but it would have to be something really, really tuned in that I could live and work in the zone. So I've gone the dance and many, your audience, I'm sure has done that dance, many of them, and they may still be doing the dance in their head about whatever. Some people are not meant to be entrepreneurs. They just don't mm-hmm. want to have to pay attention to the systems and the process and the taxes and the invoicing and the liability insurance and all of those things. It's a lot to run a successful venture. Some people are better collaborators. I can be a bench player. They call it a bench player. So if I come in and I support you, it's your business, it's your gig, it's your contracting, but you need my genius. I can come in, tell you it's going to be this many hours, it's this much money, and together we work. You handle the client, you handle the billing, and I get to show up and come in and come out. So there's lots of ways to do what we do, all of us. But 
if what you're doing is causing you so much anxiety and you're just struggling, just it's okay to stop and say, maybe I'm not built for that, or maybe I'm not built for it this way. And think about the pieces that cause you the angst. And again, can I hire? Do I not want to be responsible? Mm -hmm. Some people, so when I help people with, with rights, I call it right sizing your career, right? Because ran the race, got the awards, made the buckets and buckets of money where it was like, I didn't have to stop and think, could we afford to go on vacation? It was, where are we going to go? Or I couldn't stop to think, you know, I need a new car. Can I afford a new car? It was like, okay, my lease is up. What's next? So, and I don't say it to sound arrogant. I just say, share that to say, and then I had the phone call where I had all of it and it all went away in a phone call. So you can't be attached to possessions and monetary things in my that's a big life lesson. Last year, I also had, I got an injury on a golf course. I tore my Achilles and a couple months later, I threw blood clots and I had one in my leg and a dozen in my lungs and I almost died. I had last rites from a priest and the hospital was like, oh my gosh, who's your next of kin? Where's your advanced directive? I mean, like for real, no joke. Wow. And then a couple months later, I spent four days in the hospital, had 52 tests and was having congestive heart failure at 55 at that age. So like I was on the brink. And so when I say that, I, you know, you get a chance to see what matters and make sure you're doing what you love because you want your legacy to be important. So clarity on what matters and what you're good at. Step one. The step two is that connecting the dots from where you've been to what you want this next chapter to look like. Mm -hmm. So what are the skills and the talents and the accomplishments? What are the things I've done well? And am I a strong leader? Was it a financial win? Am I the big producer? Am I an innovator? But I need, I make a tsunami if I don't have people behind me to tie it together. What are those accomplishments? What buckets, check marks do they hit? And what do you want to do with that? How do I plan my next year, my 90 days and reverse engineer? So clarity is one. Confidence in your competence. How's that? Right? And then right, the third good. part. We yeah, made it. Next, next is how do I communicate that genius? So if I'm an independent, if I have a company and I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a large business owner, how do me and my brand stand out? How do I shine as an industry leader? How am I the go-to realtor? If I was a realtor, and I may be someday, I would be the go-to resource in my community. And every one of my people would ask me, where do I get my nails done? Where do I get my dry cleaning? It would so not be only Mm -hmm. about that home purchase. It would be about, I will make their life easier. They won't even think to ask somebody else where they should take their kids for ice cream because I'm going to know. And they're going to know that I'm that person. So how can you be that resource, that trusted Mm -hmm. partner? for your people, whoever your people are with your business, your career, right? So it's clarity, confidence in your competence. It's how do you communicate it? And that's your your LinkedIn profile, a resume, if you're looking for a job, your branding material, your website, right, Sandra, the things you do well. And then all of it, connections. How do I use courage, another C, and leverage my connections? And that's the outreach. And you have to in my eyes, have gone through the steps to really make that last piece impactful so you convert and can drive sales and revenue and put dinner on the table and keep a roof over our heads and grow and afford retirement sure. and you, or whatever your next step You've got to be able to communicate what you do clearly. I mean, everyone focuses on the elevator pitch just to give it a term, but you've got to be able to say what you do so that it rings a bell in your connections heads when you've got that 10 second introduction. Oh, my friend needs you. You know, it just happened. I actually went to my first 
in-person networking event this oh, week. Look since, at you. Since March. And it was all outdoors at a restaurant. I mean, it was great. Everyone in masks. There was a speaker. But like, it, it was empowering to be able to get back into person. I mean, we do it. We've even met in an online yeah. uh, networking group. And so it was great to be back in person. But those connections happen because you communicate what you do so clearly. So your friends know what you do and can make an introduction. You take a minute. I had a woman come over to me who overheard from another table our conversation between two friends. And I was saying something and she said, I heard you talk about social justice and I want to speak to you. Cool. And like just that phrase. And she came over and we had a great conversation, which led to maybe some opportunities together. It's, but it's understanding that, um, how you communicate what you do and talk about your work. Absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely. It's so, so important. And so it's funny because the group where you and I met, right? I'm going to be the speaker and I'm going to be talking about rocking connections. And so we're going to talk and I hate PowerPoint, but I will use my little visuals because part of my story is to teach you how not to need PowerPoint. (laughs) by using it, learning how not to use it. But everybody has a minute to introduce themselves. And we'll both watch and listen and see how folks who have done the work, it doesn't matter how long they've had their business or their career pivot, how how long they're in this chapter. But we all deserve to understand how to articulate our value, how to speak our truth, and how to say it so that it's memorable and it's repeatable. And it's not meant to be a sales pitch at all, No, but no, no. it's meant for exactly what happened with you and I. It was interesting enough that we knew we wanted to have a follow-up chat together. And so we got on a Zoom chat and you and I couldn't stop talking with each other. We could have stayed on all day easily and just knew that we were going to be friends and you invited me here. And so, and it'll continue to blossom from that. So it was not pitchy. It was not salesy. It was just enough to spark a little interest. And then Mm -hmm. you don't monopolize someone else's time, right? You really are just there to, you know, if you know anybody who and be able to articulate the second half of that sentence or two sentences, and then let your follow-up skills come into play. So it's always about the follow-up. And that can evolve as well. I always tell people to let that be fluid. You do have your main brand mission, but if you're launching a course at a certain time, let's say you launch a course once a year, your focus can change on what you say so that people can be interested in what you're doing at the time too. You may have certain seasons in your business. And so that's something to be aware of as well in terms of, you know, because I find that people get stuck again, in what they say, it becomes set in stone. This is my, I don't go off of the script, but you can go off of the script. You can talk about, you know, we talk a lot now about what's happened with COVID and these type of pivots that businesses need to do. That's a perfect example of all of us sort of shifting our message a bit to fit the time frame and to make sense and resonate with other people. So have that, but also have it be fluid to what you're working on and what you're focusing on at at the time. And the other part of that is, if not you, then who? Mm -hmm. So it's not about me trying to sell, meet you and sell you. So if I'm walking down the street and we pass each other, would I try to sell you something? No, I would build a relationship. So that's the one part. And the other part of it is, it's not often or always about you. One of the other people in the group, from the same group you and I met, reached out to me because she has 
a son who goes to college to the same school my daughter graduated from. And he is at the early part of his career. And she said, I know you usually work with with folks further down the road, but would you be willing to have this conversation? It's the third time this week someone's asked me to do that. Does that mean something? Maybe because it keeps Mm -hmm. happening over and over. I'm like, why are they asking? I'll do it as a favor. But then I realize I think I need to come up with a little two hour college catch up something. I'll call it, you know, me rock your Mm -hmm. career decisions. I'll make some version of it for the college kids. I'll do the strength assessment for them. Because if I did it for my son, who's now a year out of school, and he's the the youngest news director at NBC television in Myrtle Beach. He lives at my beach house, and he is the youngest news director. (laughs) My daughter's a doctor at Hopkins. My son is now the youngest news director there. But he helped me when I was sick last year. He didn't bother trying to get a job because he was really trying to glue Humpty Dumpty together. And I finally said to him, this is your mm-hmm. life. Stop living mine. Go and do what you need to do. And we did the strength finder. And part of it was him seeing these gifts. And he's extremely, I knew he was bright, but analytical. He's personable. And I looked at his thing and I said, you realize someday you may run the TV network. Your strength is not only that being behind the camera and knowing how to make other people sound and look amazing to tell their story, but you have the skill set to perhaps someday actually run the whole station. Isn't that weird? I love that you mentioned that. I love this industry. I love this industry. And I'm thinking, just keep an open mind because it's a good way to get your foot in the door, but you actually are are pre-wired for Mm -hmm. greatness in a lot of things that some people will never achieve. And it's, you know, there's other things like we're not athletes, so I can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but I can get an A on any exam. You know, we see certain things in ourselves. So that gift. So again, just helping. It wasn't about this woman saying she's an attorney. She's very successful. She's great in her job. She doesn't need my help. Her, Her business is thriving. Her clients love her. That's good. But it was the if not you, then who moment. So when you're articulating what you do and your gift, think about the fact that you're not trying to say, oh, Sandra, buy my service. That's gross and icky and we both Mm -hmm. feel awkward. But if you know someone who's at a crossroads and needs to elevate their brand as an expert in what they do, whether they're an entrepreneur or someone facing a career pivot, send them my way. Or I have a free masterclass or something. So it's not stressful. It's not putting anyone on the spot. It's just enough for them when they're out on their journey over the next week and months, someone might pop into your world and say, you know, I'm really stuck. I I just found out I'm losing my job the end of the month and blah, blah. So it might not be that you need me today, but maybe someone in your circle does. And that's that's why we have to keep reintroducing ourselves on social media and putting ourselves out there because we know what we do. I'm with me every day. I'm having these conversations behind the scenes on Zoom calls with my clients. But if I don't take what I do and put it out to the world and tell the world every day, they don't see me every day, what I'm doing. So they don't have that intimate knowledge. And that's why you have to keep reinforcing that as well. So that's why you've got to put it out on social media, do the networking events and put yourself out there so that you introduce yourself because it is just like you said, it might not be you, but someone knows someone. And you need to give them the hook. You need to say, because sometimes if you speak to what you do from the top down, 
If you say, I'm the technology expert and I do websites, but you stay and you don't do this, but I'm just using you as an example, right? right? So for someone who would keep it either speaking too much jargon, too much technical language, so the average person can't connect the dots, right? Or forget that you need to be better at storytelling. We all need to. So I mm -hmm. took Gary V's work. I took his little quadrant box and I talked about why strength matters and that people really deserve to live in that upper right box. That this was the, my favorite visual and that I've seen in a really, really long time because it reminds me that people matter and what we do well matters and stop ignoring it because you will be miserable versus happy and you deserve to get paid well doing what you love in your zone of genius. So that was one way to leverage his audience to tell that story. And then the LinkedIn had another topic, a woman, Jessie Hempel, and she's awesome. And she does career stuff called Hello Monday. And they were talking about genius. And so genius doesn't really count until you have an outstanding grasp of something. You can articulate it. If it sits in your head, nobody knows it's genius. Right, right, right. Exactly. You're, like the tree falls and no one hears it. If you mm -hmm. can't get people to listen because you're annoying or they distance themselves, so they're not resonating, you're just not on that same wavelength, they're not going to receive it. They're going to maybe think, oh, he's an ass, he's a genius, but he's, you know, the nerdy genius and I don't really care what he says because it doesn't help me. So you've got to still have it. You've got to be able to articulate it. You have to relate to people. And her topic that she and I were going back and forth is you have to take action and draw impact with it. Real genius is the one that's not dropping the water on the grass. They're dropping it on the lake and it causes the ripple. It travels downstream. It goes over the dam. It goes to the river. It becomes a wave and then becomes a tsunami. So your genius and your zone of genius implies that you're taking your gifts and your talent and your strength and you're doing something with it to make a difference, to make impact over time. And that, I think, for all of us, your audience, if they can pay attention to who needs what I have bottled up inside me, who can I impact and how? So you're thinking about their outcome. It takes away some of the pressure of this, what do I do next and today and one step in front of the other. Just know that you can make an impact. And that's the long game. That is the Bam. long game. And why <laughs> you, you, you perfectly wrap that one up because we do have to give ourselves time for all of those ripples to go out and go further. And you touch a person, you touch a client, a customer, and they ripple out. So they have that ripple effect as well. Absolutely. So that is, you know, a perfect end of things. And I want to thank you so much for being here, Pat, and sharing your story and your ideas and your inspiration and how you've taken your direction. And with clarity and focus, you've brought freedom to your own life and you bring your message of freedom for others as well. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to link to everything. We have Pat's blog, rockonsuccess.com slash blog. I'll have a link to that. And I'm also going to put a link to the Gary Vaynerchuk piece that Pat was referring yeah. to so that you guys yeah, can you don't it. have to come up with all this stuff yourself you have to pay <laughs> yeah. that's the other trick right pay attention to who you follow and who you admire and whose story resonates and then you can sponge off their audience so forwarding gary vaynerchuk's post and then putting a point of view and connecting those dots and saying here's why this matters this is why this is my favorite post i've read in a long time and then walking through it so people can say oh you know what? I do deserve better and I do deserve more. And here's why. And then let them go about their day.
maybe they'll call you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Pat. You're awesome. You rock, Sandra. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you having me. You do too. We'll talk soon. You got it. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.